Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Hey, good morning, right? Do you guys see those pictures that they are showing up there? <laughs> Anybody here like me, you kind of, you love and you hate daylight savings time when it begins? Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm losing hours sleep. But to have the extra daylight, you know, that's going on and kind of moving us into spring, it's like there's just hope in the air, isn't there, that way? Snow in the morning, sunshine all gone by the afternoon, like perfect Wisconsin weather. I told this story on myself, how the first time that I, that I saw a shirt like this is out in our lobby, and I looked at it, and I read Jesus, and I read everything, and I'm going like, ah, oh, that's cool but I didn't get it. I didn't get that it was Jesus what? Yeah, I didn't get that it was Jesus over everything until I asked somebody, I'm like, hey, what's the significance of Jesus and everything? They said, oh, it's Jesus over everything. And at that, at that moment, it's like, I saw it. I mean, like, I, I couldn't unsee it. And since that time, I have not been able to unsee this incredible message. And it's not just that I got what it was saying. It's not just that I'm seeing a lot of other people in some really cool shirts, you know, that they're wearing. It's I'm seeing how this affects my life and the impact that it's having on me. Now, if you just happen to be joining with us in this series, Jesus Over Everything, it's, it all has flowed out of the main message in a small book in the New Testament in the Bible called the book of Colossians. And there in the book of Colossians, the Apostle Paul himself, he writes to a group of people that, he never, that he's never met before. And he wants them to understand Jesus as he's understood Jesus as well and as he's experienced Jesus. And so he begins just to tell them, like from, right from the get-go, as soon as he gets high out of his mouth, he starts to say, hey, did you know that Jesus, that Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God? And he's got like this seven rift that's going on. He said, Jesus, he's the firstborn over all creation. In fact, Jesus himself, he is the creator. Jesus, he's the head of the body, which is the church. What a difference that that makes. Jesus, he's the firstborn from the dead, the one that is resurrected to give life to others. Jesus, he in him dwells the fullness of God. And Jesus, he's the one that reconciles us back to God. He was just shouting and I just got like going like all of that just to be able to communicate this. Jesus is over everything. And as I said, this message has had impact in my life. Not just the, the fact of like, you know, wow, like this is cool, but I'm finding it really makes a difference. It is a freeing message. And if I were to ask you, is this something that you want to have impact in your life as well? Jesus over everything. I can tell you, it's certainly something that I want and that I want for you to be able to experience as well. Paul said, this is what I need in my life on a daily basis because of the difference that it makes to me. And it's what he wanted, all of these in Colossians, to be able to get and benefit by 
as well. And so he shares how Jesus over everything it impacts us inwardly, it impacts us outwardly, it impacts us in our homes, it impacts us at work. And he wraps the whole thing up by sharing two imperatives for each individual if we are going to keep Jesus over everything in our life. So if you happen to have a Bible, I'm gonna ask you to turn with me right now to Colossians 4, it's the last chapter of the book. As I said, pretty short. If you don't happen to have a physical paper Bible with you, if you've got your phone handy and you can pull up a digital Bible, would you do that real quickly? I know it's gonna help you just to kind of read with me as we go through it, and we're gonna kind of reference back and forth that way. Colossians 4, we're gonna start in verse number two. Two imperatives we'll read here. The first one, I think that everyone would just be able to guess right off, you know, like it's gonna be in your top three of like, what are the imperatives of keeping Jesus over everything? The second one, I don't think so, but I could be wrong. And if I am, just you know, let me know afterwards. Like, oh no, I knew, I knew that one too. Verse two starts out. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. And let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. The two imperatives that are listed here, and you may wonder, like, like why do you call them imperatives? In the Greek language, the verb, there's a verb tense that identifies a word as this is imperative. So it's almost like this little arrow that's you know, pointing back to it like, hey, what I'm saying here, this is an imperative thing. There are two of those here. The first imperative, if we're gonna keep Jesus over everything, is that we pray. And the second imperative, that's one I thought every one of us would get, the second one is that we proclaim. That is that we share the message of Jesus, the good news of Jesus with other people. As he starts out here, he used these words. We need to be devoted in prayer. And you wonder like, what exactly does that mean? It's a cool word. And the word means this. We need to have gritty determination. In fact, I wish they would have translated it that way. Hey, everybody, we need gritty determination when it comes to prayer. Because that, you know, grit, it's like, I am going to persevere. I am going to get through this. I mean, there may be obstacles in front of me. Things may be going, the wind's in my face that way, but I've got grit. I'm just gonna continue to move forward with this. Gritty perseverance in prayer. So I thought, you know, right off the bat, we ought to just do a quick self-check. How are we doing individually when it comes to prayer in our life? Now, I know all of us could say this, like, well, I could be better. <laughs> we all could be better. I mean, like, we, get, we all have room for improvement, right, in everything. But is this something that you would say that you've got a gritty determination? I mean, you are not going to let go of this. Do you pray daily? And if so, are you holding on to it? And if not, to go like, this may be something that's really more important and it's something that you can do. In fact, these next two descriptors or helps for prayer, I think make all the difference in the world. It says, 
When you're praying, make sure that you're watchful and that you're thankful. Watchful means you have a mental alertness. Now, this is how practical that Paul was when he wrote, how practical the scriptures are. Um, watchful means this. Don't be boring when you pray. Don't bore yourself and don't bore others in it. It's like, you know, just saying, you know, kind of droning on that way. Don't put yourself to sleep when you pray. Anybody ever done that? You don't have to raise your hands. I will raise my hand at this point. You know, so other people I've been with, it's kind of like, um, don't let your mind just drift away. And sometimes I've been praying, and the next thing I'm like, how did I get, like, what am I thinking about this for? And it's because I'm thinking, like, you gotta pray long, you gotta pray, you know, hard or something like that, versus like, God, here's what's on my heart. Here's the things that today holds. Here's the things I'm concerned about. Here's the anxieties I'm carrying. Would you help me with this? And just, Come to God with what's in our heart rather than trying to think we've got to impress God somehow with prayer. Crazy, right? But be watchful in yet gritty determination and then be thankful. If you're just starting out with prayer, here's a great way to do it. Start with thanks and end with thanks. If you are a relatively skilled prayer, here's what I encourage you to do. Start with thanks and end with thanks. What is something today that you're thankful for? Even if you're having a miserable day. God, this is just like, I, I can't believe how bad life is, but this one thing I am thankful for. I'm not one that has just been displaced from my, you know, from my home in Ukraine in, in a strange country, and I have no idea what's going on. And then pray, and then at the end, just go like, and God, thank you. I mean, you... You may just pray this, God, thank you that Jesus is over everything. Whatever it is that you had to pray about, the good things, the needs, the hopes, the anxiety, like whatever this has been, Jesus, thank you that you are greater than the fears that I've got in my life. You're over everything, whatever it is. In fact, I thought about this. We could have put on these shirts, Jesus, and then the word whatever underneath. Yeah, that's what I, I like going. Eh, maybe this was a better way to do it, right? Rather than Jesus, whatever. Like, no, it's Jesus over everything. And here's what Paul does next. He's like, this is gonna be imperative. And he slides in in verse three this, and he goes like, and would you pray for us? Specifically, he's going like, hey, would you pray for me as well? And the reason he does this is because he knows it's gonna make a difference. Paul's not saying like, hey, would you think about me sometime? Hey, would you send me some well wishes, you know, good vibrations that way? He's going like, pray for me because it makes a difference. And here's where we get really candid when it comes to prayer. The reason that we don't pray if we're not praying, it's not because we don't forget. It's because we really don't believe it makes a difference. Because if we believed that prayer made a difference, there is nothing that is gonna keep us from praying every day because it's making a difference. God is working in our lives or in the world because we do. Now, Jesus said prayer makes a difference. The scriptures say, Jesus, that prayer makes a difference. But we just have to get hold of that again and go like, one of the reasons that prayer is an imperative in keeping Jesus over everything is because it makes a difference. It gives me perspective, but it also engages God in my life and in the world. So the first imperative, if you want to have Jesus over everything in your life, is you need to do what? You need to, starts with a P. Yeah, you need to pray. And the second thing we need to do, he said, is we need to proclaim. That is, to share Jesus, to talk about Jesus, to give the good news of Jesus to others. 
Paul as he moves down into verse four and five. He says, I want you to, would you pray for me that I would proclaim that I would share Jesus as I should? And the first time I read that, I'm like, really? Like, you are the apostle Paul. Like, you are the best proclaimer that's out there. Like, you're in jail right now because you've been proclaiming Jesus. Like, what? Like, why do you ask me to do that? And Paul's real. He's just going like, hey, you know what? Opportunities come, and sometimes, whether I don't, I don't see them, or there's sometimes I don't take them like I should. And that's why I'm asking you, would you pray for me for these opportunities? When we think about opportunities, you know, just what they are. If you, if you could get a $100 Amazon gift card for a buck, $1, limit 500 cards. How many opportunities would you take? Now, there's a two-hour window for this. How many would find, like, you're busy people, right? But how many would in the next two hours find time to go online to be able to buy a $100 gift card for a dollar? Like, if I had to borrow money, I would like, I'm taking that opportunity, right? Like, you don't let opportunities like that go by. And what we're reading here about is don't let the opportunity to proclaim, to share about Jesus go by. Because it's imperative. If we're going to have Jesus over everything, now you may go like, I don't get it. What does proclaiming have to do with keeping Jesus over everything in my life? Well, if you think about it from an um, outsider's perspective, because Paul talked about, you know, take opportunities with outsiders. Now, I think that language at first is a little bit, you know, like, really, Paul? Like, you know, there's outsiders and insiders? Like, that's a little cringy to me. But I think he knew what he was saying. An outsider is somebody who doesn't have Jesus in their life yet. So for them, why is this imperative? What we take for granted, I've got the comfort of Jesus. I've got the help of Jesus. I've got the hope of Jesus. I've got the perspective of Jesus in my life whenever I need it. And it's a go-to for me. In fact, in my worldview, Jesus plays a big part in that. Think about if you had none of it. And when you're in need, or when things are bad, or when you don't have any hope, there's no Jesus to go to whatsoever. That's a not, that is not a good place in life to be. In fact, we find despair really quickly in that. Or if a person would die without Jesus, they are not going to experience the glories, the wonders of God. But in fact, they miss out. They, they have this Christless eternity. They have the awfulness of hell. You know, it really is imperative that a person offer to them what Jesus could do. We don't force it. We don't save anybody, but we, like, we're messengers. Like, did you know this? Because truthfully, there are so many that they just don't even know. But proclaiming is not just an imperative for an outsider, but for an insider. For me, guy who has Jesus in his life. I mean, Jesus is like really important. But if I don't proclaim, if I don't ever talk to anybody else about him, do you know what happens? My faith begins to turn inward. 
I become self-centered. I become self-focused. I think Jesus, like you were here just for me and my prayers are about me, me, me. They're kind of like, give me, give me, give me prayers that are going on that way. I mean, that's what happens if we're not willing to share Jesus with others. Jesus said, I lose my first love for him. And I don't know if there's anything worse. I mean, you're not gonna have Jesus over everything if you don't have the first love for Jesus in your life. And the kingdom of God, I mean, it just, don't pray, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it, is, as it is in heaven. If you're like, I'm not talking about Jesus with anybody because the kingdom's not moving forward at that point. The only one smiling in heaven, well, no one's smiling in heaven. Only one smiling as a devil would be smiling because things aren't going forward. It's proclaiming whether you're an outsider or an insider. It's like, it really is imperative to us. And, and, and so we ask like, but I feel so, like, how do I do it? I mean, I feel guilty almost about this because I don't know what to do with it. And that's the last feeling that God wants you to have. That's not what the Holy Spirit's doing in you. There's two ways that every one of us can proclaim and really bless others that way. In fact, the first one of them works off of that word bless. I know it's, it's review for a lot. We did a series last fall called Bless, how to love, you know, how to love and bless your neighbor. And if you weren't here with us for that, there's an acrostic that we use. It's the word bless, B-L-E-S-S. And we said the way that we bless our neighbor is this. We be, we begin with prayer. We just pray for a person or pray with somebody. L, we listen because there is no conversation without listening. E is that we eat. It's just time with people. The second S is serve. And the other S is story, is that we share our story. No, no, for a lot of you, again, that, that's review. If you, if you haven't heard that, um, all those services are online, those talks are online. I encourage you to go listen to them. If it's been a while since you listened to them, I'd encourage you to go re-listen to them again. Because when we bless others, we really do begin to see God work in some, some cool ways. Mark will tell us just a little bit about how bless kind of got worked out in his life, so I'll let him share that with you now. I'm Pastor Mark Roberts. I'm the executive pastor at Fox River. I uh, started reading through Bless back at the first of the year. The concept of Bless, though, I feel like I've been working through that and living that out with my friends and neighbors for at least 15 years. So. In the early 2000s, uh, we were new to our neighborhood then in Waterford, and uh, Fox River just started doing what was called home teams at the time. And so it was our opportunity to invite several of our neighbors to join us at our home for weekly Bible study, book study, and always with a focus on what Jesus wanted to do in their lives. I mean, we were sharing together everything. So we would go to each other's homes, and do some projects sometimes, or we would get together and go do some things for some other people that were around our neighborhood or in the neighborhood. And then we, as kind of a hub of our neighborhood, the three or four families that were right there in it, we would do a block party annually. So we've actually moved twice in that timeline. And upon moving here, our decision was we're gonna be more intentional about that. And so to do the things that we've done, trying to invite people in to have the cookout or just have some time to share together has been important to us in this establishing roots in this new neighborhood. Beverly, my wife and I decided we wanted to have a way that we could bless our neighbors 
And so we decided we'll just invite everybody over for a Sunday evening. We'd do some hot dogs and burgers on the grill, have a bag of chips and a, and a soda or a bottle of water, and just tell everybody they didn't need to do anything else. The E of bless is eat, right? But it's a great way to serve people too, is just to do the cooking for them. They don't have to do anything, just show up and, and be a part. And so those, those instances are, are just simple. One of the things in the Bless book brought out was, even though it's simple, just bring the best. Jesus brought his best and we should bring our best when we serve our neighbors and friends as well. Hey, would you say thank you with me um, from Mark? And just kind of like helping us with words of encouragement. Now this, I thought this was cool. Mark and what they just did was a result of what Hector had done. We talked about in the Blessed Series, Hector had done a block party. Uh, he started about 10 years ago in his neighborhood just to kind of get to know the neighbors and just how much this has helped. And so he, Mark heard that and goes like, I think I could do something like that. And I'm listening to this and I'm just going like, you know what? I've got a couple of green eggs. I've got like four meat smokers at home. So I'm asking Denise, uh, just a couple weeks ago now, I'm like, what would you think about doing a neighborhood barbecue this summer? And she goes like, I think that is a great idea. So I'm gonna ask, hey, would you pray for me <laughs> that I'm gonna follow through with this and that I'm just gonna be able to kind of open our neighborhood up a little bit through this means of bless and that E and eating together. We do bless groups with just, just, you know, continually just kind of keep cycling through them. If you've never been in one, well, I'd sure encourage you to do that. In fact, use a QR code and um, you can get into one that's gonna be starting um, relatively soon again, or the messages again, just online, to help you again just kind of tune up for what you can be doing because it's something all of you can do. Last night, um, before we left and I was praying with somebody, it was um, Heather. Heather came up to me and she goes like, hey, can I just share something with you? I'm like, yeah, sure, because she's talking about blessed. And she said, you know, two weeks ago, I prayed with somebody at work. She said, it's the first time in 42 years I've ever prayed with somebody, but it's because, you know, you just encourage us if the person has a need to pray with them that way. This is stuff that can affect every day of our lives. As Jesus is over everything, he begins to get out everywhere into our lives that way. Now, I said there's two ways that all of us are able to, you know, like, we can proclaim. We bless, and this is like pretty simple. We can invite. In fact, inviting somebody to come to church is such a meaningful and powerful thing. I thought I could just document it real quickly, so will you help me out with this? If you got your phone, just grab it real quickly. We're gonna throw a QR code up here. There's a question that I wanna ask, and then here's the results that we'll get um, from it. The question is this. I attend, you know, I'm in church today because someone invited me. The reason I'm here is that, you know, somewhere along the line, I was invited to come to church. So if you scan that code, that's, up, that's not the QR code in front of you, but you scan that real quickly and then answer the question either yes or no, then we'll just kind of measure and see where we're at. I think you're gonna find that most people, the reason we're here is that somebody said, hey, would you come with me? In fact, I was reminded, I listened to a message a couple weeks ago, Pastor Annie Stanley talked about these three knots to listen for and to make an invitation from. He said, if you ever hear a person say, I'm not in church, things are not going well, or I was not prepared for this, then you can say, well, why don't you come to church with me? It's 
if you talk to somebody at work and this, you know, it just comes up or at school and they go, so like, like, no, I don't go to church. And they're like, you're not in church. Why don't you come and sit with me? And they're like, I just said, I'm not, I don't go to church. And they're like, I know. <laughs> like, this is perfect. Like, so, you know, why don't you come and sit with me? Or you're gonna hear a person say, things are not going well. Maybe financially, they're not going well. At home, they're not going well. In school, it's, it's not going well. Something's not going well. And you hear that and you're just like, well, why don't you come and sit with me in church? I think you're gonna find hope. You're gonna find help there. We could do that. Or this last one, I'm not ready. You know, you just had a baby and you go like, oh my, like, we were not ready for this. Or maybe you had twins. I guarantee you, we were not ready for this. And he's like, hey, why don't you come to church and sit with me? And some people will go like, no thanks. And other people will go, okay. I'd be, I, you know, I really appreciate that. In fact, there's five weeks till Easter. And it's just a prime time to ask somebody to go like, hey, why don't you come out and sit with me? Now I know a lot of times we don't because we just like, I just don't think about it or I don't, I don't remember. And there is something that was a memory tool that was used like years ago, I think back in the Stone Age or something. It was before cell phones. So before we had notifications that would just pop up on our phones and tell us like, hey, don't forget to do this or do this, people would, anybody hear this? They would tie a string around their finger. Ever hear that? Yeah, crazy, right? Like, tie a string. So, you know, you look down and go like, oh, the string. Like, I'm supposed to pay the electric bill this month because last month it didn't work out so good when I didn't. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm supposed to get milk. Or somebody sees a string on your finger and they're like, uh, what's this string for? And they're like, oh, I'm supposed to remember this. So I did something, maybe a little weird. Here's my keys. I am a minimalist when it comes to keys. I carry a key with me. But on my keychain. I tied a string that has three knots. I gotta tell you, I mean, just taking out that one key when I do, it reminds me, I'm just praying, I'm listening, and when you start, you're just aware, there are people all around me, I'm like, like they just said they're not going to show, they just said things are not going well, and it just really been a cool reminder for me, and I'm gonna keep that on through Easter. And if you're interested in doing that, um, there's some little baskets that are on the right side of all of our seats there. If you're on the right side of a row, just you can grab that, pick it up. And if you wanna grab a string, tie it to your keys, you're welcome to it. I saw somebody last night that had it tied around their finger. I thought that was so weird, but um, like, um, you know, each to their own. While you're doing that, one thing, if you're going to proclaim you need to know. In fact, if you're gonna interact with other people, if you're gonna listen and, and, and interact, we read here in verse six. Let your conversation be always full of grace. So I wanna kind of wrap up with this. Remember that we need to speak with grace. This week, would you say this with me? This week I need to say it, speak with grace. Now, when I go home today, I should do what? I should, <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah, I, I should speak with grace. If I'm talking with an outsider, well, I need to make sure that I speak with grace. Every time I'm on social media, I need to make sure that I am speaking with what? Grace. Yeah, with grace. If I'm a conservative and I'm in a conversation, which is code for an argument, with a liberal, 
I need to make sure that in that conversation that I speak with grace. If I'm a Democrat, and I'm in a conversation with a Republican, I need to make sure that I am speaking with, say it, grace. Yeah, I may be talking with somebody and we are on opposite ends of this moral issue. And I am firm in my convictions. I am passionate. But in my passion, I need to make sure that I am speaking with grace. And here's what's implied. It's implied that the other person isn't. Because it's like way easy, isn't it? If you're speaking with grace to me, I'll speak grace back. But if you are speaking harshly, if you're being critical, if you are just in my face, like the world that we're living in right now, like the political scene that we're in, like the moral scene, it's shouting at each other. If somebody is shouting at us, what do we need to do? We need to what? We need to speak with grace. Because you don't speak with grace, you undercut your proclamation that way. If you've received Jesus, you're that insider today. There are two imperatives to keep Jesus over everything. The first one is this, that we do what? We need to pray. Second one is we need to proclaim. These are normal things that every single follower of Jesus needs in their life. In fact, we talk about the four G's in following Jesus. We gather, we grow, we give, and we go. You could take two of them right off the bat and go like, well, grow, that's all about praying. And go, well, certainly that's about proclaiming here. In fact, you take all those four G's, it's gonna bring you back to this, that it's Jesus over everything. You may not yet have trusted Jesus. And if that's the case, if Jesus himself were here today, he would say to you with love and sincerity, he would speak with grace. And he would say, it's true, I am over everything. But I'm not gonna force my way into your life. It's true. I am the visible image of the invisible God. I am the firstborn from the, I mean, right. It, all those things are true. I did for you what you can't do for yourself, what nobody else can do on the cross and in my resurrection. And I so want you to be reconciled to God. I hold out grace to you. But you need to receive it. You need to be willing to take it. And if you are, then you will find a reconciled relationship with God and Jesus is so much more than you ever imagined. And when he begins to become everything, everything changes. And if that's what you want, then join me in this prayer. God, thank you that Jesus, even though it's everything, became nothing so that we could be reconciled with you. For those online, in the room, that are ready now to put their faith and trust in you, Jesus. Kind of like they saw earlier with somebody that had um, showing what they were doing in baptism. Today, the prayer is this, Jesus, I wanna receive you as my savior. As best I understand, I come in repentance and asking you and you alone to forgive me and to help me in my life. If that's your prayer today, 
for the very first time to receive Jesus as your savior, can I just see with an upraised hand going like, guy, I would like to do that. Wherever you're at, yeah. Those online, just you can indicate that in the chat. Oh golly, thank you. Thank you for your grace, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We pray in your name. And everybody in agreement said, amen. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.